morning. And now, your all-star loan lineup from Grove Financial. Leading off, vehicle loans. Batting second, Grove Visa credit card. Third, Grove student loans. And batting cleanup, the big guy, home loans. Holy cow, it's a grand slam from Grove Financial. Just look at those low rates. Apply today at GroveFinancial.org. Grove Financial Federal Credit Union is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration and an equal housing lender. Boy, I have to get used to that jumping in. Uh, you know, we're bringing on and, you know, get, get bringing on sponsors and getting our advertisers in. And the platform is set up to sometimes automatically play. But that's work that I got to I gotta get used to. Good morning. Good morning, Blog Talk listeners. Uh, thank you for tuning in for another edition of the Legally Steel Show on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Um, for this July the 16th, middle of the year. It's very hot. Uh, things are going on around the country, which is, you know, some good stuff. No one's complaining. I guess not. I'm not. I'm I'm actually loving it. I uh, love what's happening. Love the direction that we are going and the 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 things that are going on for the show. Uh, it's been a busy week, and I'm going to get to a lot of that. Uh, I'll tell you our subject today before I go any further. We're going to be talking about the debt ceiling. I know you've been hearing a lot of it on uh, the news media uh, broadcast this week. They're talking about the debt ceiling, the debt ceiling. Well, our special guest for today is going to be a renowned CPA. His name is Mr. Abong Eka. Uh, he's in the uh, Washington Beltway, which is one of the reasons that I wanted him on this show, because he is in D.C. And if you go and check out our blog, you'll be able to look at a little information on him. Uh, he, uh, like I said, he's a celebrity. He was one of the husbands of the wives for real wives of the Real Housewives of D.C. So, and I don't want to miss, you know, misspeak that, but uh, he's either a boyfriend or a husband. But of course, you'll be able to call in today and ask him yourself. But we're going to be talking about the debt ceiling later on. He should be coming in about 20 past the hour and get that information out to you. But this week, a lot of the things that are going on, the the, the Legally Steal show is is busy. We are into a lot of things now. We are now expanding into the um, what I thought was just the Tampa Bay market is actually into several stations. The Tampa Bay market, we're also into Little Rock, Arkansas. So Little Rock, Arkansas will be able to hear us on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Um, as we expand the platform of the show. So we are, of course, we're going to stay faithful to Blog Talk Radio. That was you know, where we got our start. We're coming up on our one-year anniversary. Uh, that was where we got our start, and now we are into what is known as traditional radio, um, the radio that you listen to in your homes and in your cars. So we're going to be on TAN Talk, that's T-A-N, like uh, Tampa Alpha Network, TAN Talk 1340. Uh, you'll be able to catch us on the web. One of the things I like about this about this radio station, uh, WTAN, the Tantalk Network, is that 
they actually will do video live video streaming from in studio. So now not only will the local market be able to pick the 3 p.m. show on Saturday, be able to pick it up in their cars and in their homes, but they'll also be able to look at it online. And because of the platform and the way it's laid out, we can be seen and heard anywhere in the world uh, by going to that website, Tantalk1340.com. So you'll be able to see my mug in the studio as well as all of our in-studio guests that we have, and you'll be able to, you know, call in, of course, and ask any questions. And once we actually go live, which our debut is on next Saturday, the 23rd, we'll go live at 3 p.m., and, of course, we're going to have different call-in numbers for that. But so it's 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 really exciting times. I'm I'm really looking forward to the direction that we're going. I'm really looking forward to some of the lineup that we're working on uh, to have some very very interesting guests on for your benefit. This is something that that you know my my goal is to bring you information that matters most to your wallet, and I'm going to stay true to that mission to continue to bring you the best. Um, the you know the most real and reliable information on the web uh, that's 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 going on in our world today. Things that affect us most, um, our our bottom line, what affects our wallet. So this the expansion of the market gives me an opportunity to to be able to further that message in the local market as well as the web, and with your support by becoming fans of the show. Joining us um, on Blog Talk Radio and encouraging others to come, our goal is to become the the best consumer advocate show on the planet. I aim high, I aim big, and I'm not going to stop. So uh, I thank you for your support and for your year of following and listening. Those dedicated listeners, I appreciate it, and we, it, it it only gets better. It only gets better from here. So. Um, I do want to have more interaction with you. Uh, please uh, give us a call. Well, before I go there, I'm glad I, I'm glad I brought that up. Um, the last couple of shows we've had some quirks, if you will, um, people that want to play on the radio, um, folks. This is a business; it really is. I am not just wasting time on a Saturday uh, because I have nothing else to do. I really love what I do, and for people to call and say stupid things, I don't want to say stupid people, but for courts to call and say stupid things like looking for pizza boxes or talking about body parts, um, it's really disrupting, and it really doesn't make you sound wise. Also, I'll let you know that when you do call into the show, I have your number. And one lady that called, I did call her back after the show to let her know this is not something that you do. I mean, if you want to play with your friends, call your friend's cell phone. I'm not your friend, so don't play with me. But if you want to be serious about what's going on, if you care about your wallet, if you care about what's going on in this country, if you care about uh, uh, the banking industry, uh, if you care about your mortgage, if you care about your car, this is the place to call. I want to talk to you. I want to give out good information 
but it really disrupts time when quirky people call in with stupid, stupid things. So I just wanted to drop that, drop that online so people can hear that. If you're listening to the show, be generous about it, be genuine, and call in and give your message. Uh, I'd love to talk to you. Love to talk to you about any subject matter that we're dealing with that will help your wallet. But I can't help you with pizza boxes. Go out and build you one. Or, you know, if you got a problem with your body part, maybe you need to talk to the doctor. I'm not the doctor. So enough of that. But I do want to I do want to interact more with you. Uh, if you feel that I have a message that is resonating with you or something that is going on, please reach out to me. Reach out to us at 347-637-1008. We'd love to hear from you, um, love to share things with you and, and get feedback from you. So this is, how, this is how talk radio works. You call in, you participate in what's going on, and you share what matters most to you uh, on the subject matters that we're talking about. And, of course, we're going to do likewise. I, um, I'm going to research the information, as I promised. I'm not going to bring you anything on the show that's not good. Um, for you or something that I don't believe in, so I'm not going to do that. I'm always going to make sure I check out what's going on before I I bring it out to you. But yeah, um, I'm very I'm very excited about what's happening uh, with the Legally Steel show and the direction that we're going. And I'm going to do a show in the fall on ideas in business and the way things come about. Uh, those of you who know me personally know that this show came from an idea. Like most things that happen, they come from an idea. And a year later, we're still on the air and only getting stronger. We're you know, definitely in the infancy stage and only getting stronger. So the people that are listening in, um, we're going to continue to bring you good stuff. Also, um, with the credit union, you, those who know me know that I'm a big you know, advocate of credit unions. Uh, we are now working on the rollout plan for those books, all those books you heard me talk about, the negotiating experience. If you are listening to the sound of my voice and you are in the state of Florida, it, it, you can get a free copy of the book by contacting Grow Financial, growfinancial.org. Uh, contact them and apply to be a member. If you think that you can't be a member because you're not in the Tampa Bay area, you are so wrong. Uh, make a small donation to friends of military families, and you become eligible for a membership into Grow Financial. You get a copy of my book, The Negotiating Experience, Your Car Deal, Your Way. And I'll tell you, we're going to do a car show coming up in about three weeks because we're going into the new car year model. So we're going to do a car show, and we're going to talk about the book a little bit. Now, mind you, the negotiating experience. So, you know, you know, you don't think I'm just coming on Saturdays to sell a book, sell a book, sell a book. Uh, the negotiating experience is not available. It's not available to the open market. So you can't run out and buy the book. It's not for sale. It is meant to. In other words, let's look at it like this. I don't want you to pay for the book. The knowledge is there. It's for you. But I want you to become a member of a credit union. And as we grow, we're going to continue to work with different credit unions. But 
I want the credit union to give you that book as a way of saying thank you when you join the credit union. And it'll keep you in mind. You'll keep the credit union in mind when you go to finance your vehicle. Um, This is a book. If you're going to buy a car, you really, you really need to have the book. It'll save you thousands of dollars and um, several months of headache. I promise you. So we're going to be working with that diligently. We are, we've been contacted by credit unions from pretty much all over the U.S. as well as Canada about the book. So credit unions are interested in, you know, of course, keeping members happy, growing their membership base, but also um, bringing more car loans on their books. So they are interested in the book and giving it to you as as a way of appreciation. There's something else that we're working on here at the show is and that is is becoming affiliates of different credit unions. So for instance, if everything goes right, what we'll be able to do is if you become a member of the Legally Steel show, you can become eligible for a membership into a credit union. So that's the that's the premise of what we're working on here. And if that goes uh, if we're, say, affiliate of a, of a credit union in, say, Michigan, then if you're in the Michigan area and you're listening to the sound of my voice and you become a member of the Legally Steal Show, then you can also become a member of that credit union, even though you may not have an affiliation that falls within their field of membership. So we got some aggressive things that we're working on. I don't want to just be on the radio telling you that I'm an advocate of credit unions. I want to show you that I'm an advocate of credit unions and what they can do for you, the individual. So uh, these are some of the things that we're working on uh, to make it better and beneficial for you. All right, enough of that. I'm going to get back to the show today, the show. uh, What is all of this about the debt ceiling. What is the hoopla? I mean, what is what is what is the debt ceiling? I mean, I, we hear about it in the news, and we hear that you know America may default on its debt. What does all this mean? How does it affect you? And our guest today is going to break it down for we the people, so we the people can understand what the heck is going on. And, you know, we know from a personal standpoint what happens if you don't pay your credit card debt. What happens if you don't pay your mortgage debt? What happens if you don't pay your automobile debt? Okay? If you default on that stuff, um, and you normally hear the word default more in line with loans or student loans, but if you default on that, what happens? Where do you go? What happens to you as an individual? Well, I think we all pretty much over the last three years have gotten a real good taste of what happens to the individual if you can't pay your mortgage, then you're you know, you go into bankruptcy. What happens if you know, or you go into foreclosure? Not bankruptcy, that's another step. But what happens if you go you know, you can't pay your car loan? Well it's called repossession. Or you can't pay your student loan. It calls it's it's called default. And it, and it severely affects your credit rating, severely affects your credit rating. Well, what happens now when a country, 
when a country the size of the United States, and not just the size, physical size, but the financial size of the United States, what happens if the United States breaches on its debt? Um, I was reading an article, and it was talking about, you know, uh, what happens if the debt ceiling is breached. Now, of course, uh, we hit our debt ceiling limit of $14.7 trillion, I think it's $14.3 trillion on May 16th. So in other words, the amount of money that was allowed, $14.3 trillion, we've touched that limit. Okay. In other words, we can't go over it anymore. It's like It's like you, the individual, is going to the bank, and let's say you had what is called a line of credit. And your line of credit may be in, may have been $50,000. Well, you have reached that $50,000. You are at that limit. You can't go any further. What happens? Okay. Well, first of all, the bank is not going to give you any more money. Okay. So you can't. They start to talk about your debt-to-income ratio. In other words, how much money do you have coming in versus how much money do you have going out? So now you've reached your limit. Your debt-to-income ratio is too high. You're almost at 100%. You're maxed out. Well, you, you on that, you would be maxed out. $50,000 of debt, and you let's say you only made $50,000. Well, now you're maxed out. So the bank is not going to give you any more money. Well, the bank is not going to give you any more money. How do you hmm how do you pay your bills if you're maxed out? Well, that's the state that the country is in. We are now maxed out at fourteen point three trillion dollars. Now that number may sound astronomical. Most people never ever talk in trillions. But let's talk let's talk social security where a lot of our senior citizens are living, especially the baby boomer era, those people that are in their 60s and close to retirement or have retired, that's the baby boomer era. What happens to to those individuals if the government defaults on its debt and can't pay its bill? Okay? We're going to be looking at some really big problems because I know I know of individuals now who live in Mississippi who are elderly and that's all that they live on is their social security check. Uh what happens if they can't cash their check? What happens if they don't get a check? See our the timeline is April the 2nd. I'm sorry, August the 2nd. What happens on August the 2nd if those clowns, and you hear me say it, I've said it before, we don't talk politics on this show, but we do talk about issues that matter most to our wallet. What happens if those clowns in Washington, you know, the ones who says, well, we need to, you know, cut some spending, but, you know, we also would like to, you know, cut some taxes, um, but or we don't want to hit the wealthy with taxes. So what should we do? 
Well, it's going to affect those individuals. Okay. Now, if that, you know, doesn't have your blood boiling, the whole my grandmother may not be able to get her check, my mother may not be able to get her check, how about your freedom? Your freedom. That's right, your freedom. We have soldiers right now in all parts of the world fighting for our freedom. What happens if they can't get paid, if their families are not getting paid? Okay, I'm a vet. Okay, I've been in combat, and I'm going to tell you this. If you have an individual who's worried about paying his mortgage, then you're going to have a problem because that person mentally is going to be concerned about what is going on back at home, and he puts himself, his unit, his troop in jeopardy. Well, listen, you can hear me rant and rave all day long, but I want to I want to bring in our special guest. Like I said, his name is Mr. Ebong Eka. He's a financial expert and small business champion who is who's a national expert on finances in my book. Um, And as I said, he's been featured on CNN, MSNBC, Fox Business News, Fox. And he is also a renowned fashion designer and a celebrity of the Real Housewives of D.C. Mr. Eka, how are you this morning? (laughs) Not bad, not bad. Thanks for that. was a very, uh, anytime (laughs) anytime I have to give a a speech or a presentation, I'm going to call you to come and do that. Hey, no problem. The best I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> like I told you, I want to promote you, man. I I've been following you, and I've I put out. You and I were supposed to have been connecting back in geez, the turn of the year, and we had yeah. some technical technical difficulties, and we didn't get around to it. But listen, I thought when I saw this whole debt ceiling that it was something that I wanted to bring to the audience, and I wanted to, uh, man, I hunt you down, and I am so thankful that you decided to grace, and I am bowing in the studio, <laughs> that you decided to grace us with your presence. Listen, Ebon, if you would, tell us a little bit about yourself, oh, that, you know, that I haven't told, and, oh, and sure. then we'll get started on dead ceiling. Oh sure, um, I I'm I'm a CPA. I've, I've been doing uh, accounting and tax for small business and also individuals as well as well as bigger businesses. Uh, a little over a decade, about maybe eleven, uh, over about eleven years, and um, I eventually started uh, falling into the small business category or small business niche because I started noticing a lot of people who come to me. I mean, the big businesses they have the funds to get people and hire people. But I started seeing like the the middle business, the smaller businesses were having problems, uh, either starting their businesses, understanding what they needed to do to get their businesses to grow. Um, you know, as a, as a small business owner, and you probably even went through this yourself when you started when you started out. Um, you're doing everything yourself because you don't have the resources uh, to go get to go get the money and, and right. I'm sorry to go get the to go get the stuff done, whether it's a lawyer or maybe you know, you're doing your accounting or taxes or mm-hmm. even just even just doing your business in, as, as a whole. So I started seeing a lot of problems uh in that space and, and you know you'll see a lot of statistics that small business fuels the economy. So if if the small business fuels the economy and a lot of small business owners who are struggling, I thought there was a way for me to try and help uh by giving information and and by doing that, I've been able to do a lot of, you know, I do TV interviews regularly and 
uh, radio as well. And uh, I've been very fortunate in the last, you know, less than a year. I've been growing in that sense uh, with regards to this this, this area. Good. Um, yeah, and, and 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 in addition, I've you know I've, I've had a lot of experiences in uh, you know big uh, public consulting firms um, throughout my life, and that's what's helped me get to this point where I am now. Okay. Okay. Well, listen. Um, of course, I've been looking at your promos. I've been looking at looking at your interviews. You're well versed on on taxes. You're well versed on finances, which is why I knew you would be a great addition to the show to talk about oh, debt ceiling. Oh, not a problem. Not a problem. And, and and listen, I'll tell you this. I'm going to throw this out on the air, but I'm not going to tell you about it on the air. So the people listening. <laughs> You're going to have yeah. to stay tuned. But I do want to talk to you um, once the show is over about an idea that I'm working on, something that yeah, sure. is, is for small business owners only, and sure. we can talk more in depth about that. But of now, course. let's get to this whole debt ceiling. Uh, you probably heard when you came on that I was talking about I'm breaking this thing down for the individual. I, you're yeah. in D.C., you're in the Beltway, you understand yeah. that whole language of debt ceiling and government defaulting on debt, and, you know, the Republicans want to cut spending and the Democrats want to tax the wealthy. But listen, yeah. <laughs> down to the individual, and as I put in our information piece, we the people, according to the Constitution, what mm-hmm. the heck does that mean for us? What does it mean for my my 68-year-old mother who's on Social Security, if the debt ceiling is defaulted or America can't pay its bills, what does it mean for the military personnel that's fighting a war and have a wife and children back here in the States and they can't get a check? Or our credit as a country, what does all this mean for us, the little people? Well, you, that, those are very good questions, and that's uh, that's one of the biggest things that I think um, that people are. If you see a lot of the polls that are out there, a lot of people are torn, uh, and it's hard to believe that you'd be torn on whether or not to raise the debt ceiling or to address um, your country's debt. But a lot of countries, a lot of a lot of uh, people in the population are torn because, and I think that's mainly because they're not really sure, nor do they understand um, the ramifications of. Of raising the debt ceiling and/or defaulting on on uh, on your existing on your existing debt, and as, as you as you alluded to just a second ago, um, you make it's perfectly correct in the sense that there's a lot of political pandering and a lot of political uh, games happening uh, with regards to this debt ceiling. And here's a, and here's a, uh, here's why. I um, last week I recently I was speaking about uh, I was speaking about uh, the unemployment numbers and the unemployment rate slowly went up. Uh, went up this but it's a very small amount but it still went up. Right. Um, that triggered some problems um with the Democrats because one of the one of the one of the things that the Republicans are dealing with right now, especially seeing all this stuff happening here in the Beltway, is um the president and the Democrats want to raise taxes in some shape or form. And although, you know, I don't really talk politics half the time and I'm a big fan I'm a small business guy, I'm a big fan of cutting taxes. I right. do understand that there needs to be some increase in taxes, um, but more importantly, there needs to be some cut, some some spending cuts. And so, a lot of Republicans kind of feel this way, and they feel uh, with the unemployment numbers, you're thinking, "Holy cow, the unemployment numbers went up. Therefore, you trying to raise taxes are off the table." And so, it becomes a, a political power play. And I think the same thing is kind of happening here with the debt ceiling business. Um, 
one thing, though, you touched on, which is actually very accurate and scary, is that potentially Social Security checks could be delayed without the debt ceiling deal being in effect. Right. Um, and do I really think that's going to happen? No, I really don't think that's going to happen. I think they will work it out. There's no way, shape, or form they right. will let you know a 60-year-old uh, woman, like you mentioned, living in Mississippi, you mm-hmm. know, living on a fixed income, uh, they're not going to allow her to miss uh, her, her payments. But one thing I will say, and I know this is a long-winded statement, but <laughs> one thing I will say that we all need to think about um, as Americans, as um, people who have influence on their, on their representatives in Congress and in the Senate, is the Social Security issue is a, is a bigger underlying problem in the Senate. Absolutely. And, and you probably know this, too. We pay into Social Security. I've been paying into Social Security ever since I started working. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, because we do uh, the way the system is, we pay in and automatically there's no people automatically think there's money sitting in a bank somewhere um, that has your name on it saying uh, Joe Smith <laughs> from Atlanta paid you know paid a hundred thousand dollars over twenty years therefore right. what they get back is Social Security that's not the case the minute it comes in it, 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 you take it from Peter to pay Paul absolutely it doesn't stay in the bank it doesn't even go to the bank it, it, you know, basically <laughs> the, the minute the check clears or the minute the payment clears from the payroll company, right. your money's going to somebody in Mississippi or Absolutely. North Dakota or somewhere Absolutely. else. So right. that's an underlying problem. We're in a situation where we have to rely on debt to pay bills. You know, we're basically living on, on, on a huge fourteen, you know, point three trillion dollar credit card. <laughs> um and that's basically, that's basically it. That's a, you you're know? right. You're right. <laughs> so so when you when when you look at that and and I agree with you. Um, being around politics for a while, um, I, and understanding politics, no, we can't afford. We can't afford to default on our debt ceiling. Um, and I know those. And and I'll tell you. And I'm glad you're not a politician because I call them clowns. Okay. <laughs> no, they are. They are. Believe me, they are. <laughs> they need to get it together. But no, I don't think we're going to default on our debt because it's 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 not just us here in America. The world is feeding off of the U.S. economy. The world is feeding off of our credit viability. And if we can't pay our bills, it makes us look very very bad. To others around the world. I mean, I heard the report of Moody's is talking about even though, you know, if we do raise our debt limit, debt ceiling limit, that they still may downgrade our credit rating. Well, and, and of course, to the individual, they don't have a clue of what that means. If you're not a, yeah. a, a learned person of, of finances or politics in this matter, then this stuff is going way over your head, which is yeah. why I wanted to concentrate on the individual. Now, let me ask you, what is yeah. it what is it that an individual can do? And I heard you mention something about, you know, your congressman. What is yes. it that an individual can do, say in Mississippi, say in rural Georgia, what can they do to influence change? Um, this is a great thing about uh, about being an elected official, and, and I do have some, some reservations with that, only because um, a lot of elective officials, they think too much about their constituents, and so they don't, they don't really vote on their gut. But right. with that said, in this particular situation, they're strength in numbers. And 
especially if it's a congressman, um, especially if it's a newly elected one. They only have two years to, two years to do anything. Um, <laughs> and half the time, yeah, and it costs so much money to run for to run for office. They're thinking, shoot, I want to, I want this to be a runaway slam dunk. So I got to right. make everybody who votes for me as happy as possible. So that I don't right. have to spend any money two years later. I can just say, look, this is what I did. I'm great. Vote for me again. Good night. Exactly. And, and, and so you, what you need to do as an individual is you have to, uh, you have to, there's strength in numbers, so you have to contact your elected official and get all your other people on board. If you're an elderly person, um, and uh, I mean, I say elderly, but if you're a mature person, mm-hmm. if, contact the rest of the people that you know in your, you know, who, who are similar to you and have all of them contact your congressman as well. Um, right. As they're getting letters and emails and phone calls from angry constituents about the debt ceiling, they're, they're going to be forced to act because I'll tell you what will happen if they don't. Two years later or a year later, the next voting cycle or election cycle, they're going to be coming to your you know, location asking for votes, and you're going to say, remember I emailed you about a year ago about a debt ceiling, mm-hmm. my Social Security check was late, and then they had to come out, and they came in and cut off my phone. So there's things that, you know, there's things that you can, you can give them real-life um, real life uh, examples that hit home and that they have to react. And that's one of the, the surefire ways, I think, uh, to get influence uh, from your elected official. Well, I'll tell you this. I saw there's a commercial running now. I'm I'm down in, in, in Tampa. There's a commercial running now, and, and it's the elderly. And they're talking about who do these guys think they are? Do you think you can just come in and cut our benefits on Medicare? Who do you think you are? And then the, at the end, the guy says, well, let me tell you this, Mr. Politician. We are 50 million strong. And you will hear from us again. And, and and it made me think. I'm like, you know what? Fifty million. We are we are around three hundred and eight million Americans here. And you're probably looking at more than almost half of those are under the voting age. Yes. Now you knock out another thirty million, say twenty, twenty, thirty million that may not vote at all, you're left with about a hundred and sixty million voters. Or less, if you're talking about 50 million of those voters are elderly, that's a lot of power. That's a lot of voting power. Yes. And, yes. and those people will let you know come election time if you did what you said you were going to do, and if you didn't, you're going to pay for it. Yes. And actually, that, you made a very good point. Um, and one of the underlying points you made was, because uh, there's somebody, the people who are probably paying for that commercial are, are advocacy groups or, you know, right. other, you know, uh, PACs or political action committees or even mm-hmm. like a, a lobbying for lobbying you know, people who lobby, like the AARP as an example. Um, as a perfect way, another person who's elderly who, who has fears about that should contact um, the AARP and let their and let their voice be heard because they, again, like I said, there's strength in numbers and if there's a lot, like you said, there's you know over 100 million uh, strong. There's nothing. They, they, there's nothing they can do. There's no, you can't. You can't. The people who do that are only one-term, one-term uh, elected officials, and no one wants to go through this. I mean, you see how much crap people go through just to be elected, just to be elected on the state level. Now exactly. imagine on the national level, you have to go through all this crap, put your family through all this mess just right. to be elected for two years. It's not worth it. You want to be there longer, and you want to be able to make changes. So. If, if over 100 million people are coming at you with one with a common goal, you're going to react. 
oh yeah, you're gonna cave or you will go home. And uh, yeah. they showed the, <laughs> they showed the Democrats that last year in 2010 yep. that uh, make us look bad and we're gonna make this worse for you. So now it's uh, you know I heard a, um, a Wolf Blitzer the other day talking about now it's the Republicans' turn. You've been in office six, I mean seven, eight months now, and if you don't raise this debt ceiling, uh, you're going to be going home next year. It's just the bottom line. So I guess the whole message behind that is, as an individual, you have power. Audience, you have power. You can control things in the way that they are going. Listen, um, uh, Abong, if you don't mind hanging around with us for another sure. few minutes, I'm going to take yeah, a of course. Yeah, great. Going to take a small break, but listen, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call three four seven six three seven one zero zero eight. We know you have questions. We know you do. I know you do because I have questions. So give us a call. We'll be right back. Uh, you know, we got to pay for the show. So hang on just a second. <laughs> Hey, Block Talk listeners, this is SC of the Legally Steel Show. We're now expanding our markets into the Tampa Bay and Arkansas markets. I want to follow you in your car. Hey, if you happen to miss us at 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings here on Block Talk Radio, you can always tune in to the Tan Talk Network and find us at www.tantalk1340.com. We'll also be video live streaming where you'll get a chance to see my mug, as well as all of our interesting guests that we have in studio. I look forward to talking to you and hearing about issues that matter most to your wallet. Always on the Legally Steal Show. Keeping it live Saturdays at 3 p.m. on Tan Talk Radio. Talk to you soon. Peace. And now, your all-star loan lineup from Grove Financial. Leading off, vehicle loans. Batting second, Grove Visa credit card. Third, Grove student loans. And batting cleanup, the big guy, home loans. Holy cow, it's a grand slam from Grove Financial. Just look at those low rates. Apply today at GroveFinancial.org. Grove Financial Federal Credit Union is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration and an equal housing Okay, we're back. If you're just tuning in or you are catching us uh, on the Legally Steal show here this Saturday morning, um, our subject matter today is debt ceiling, and we have our celebrity guest in the house, Mr. Abong Eka. He's a CPA, uh, champion of small businesses, and a financial expert, and we thought it'd be great to have him here talk about Talk a little bit about this issue that's that's plaguing our country right now, Abong. Listen, um, when we look at when we look at the whole debt ceiling, and we talk about defaulting on loans, um, I I have put it to the individuals like this: You know what happens when you don't pay your mortgage? If you know what happens when you don't pay your car loan, or better yet. If you have a line of credit at a bank and it's for $50,000 and you have maxed out your $50,000, you are at your debt ceiling for that line of credit. You can't get any more money. So where does this money come from that there, that our Secretary Treasury, uh, Treasury Secretary Timothy Geithner is talking, raising the debt limit? The debt ceiling, another two point three 
$2.4 trillion. That'll put it at around $16.7 trillion. Where does this money come from? Well, basically, it's it's just it's a way what happens is um, the, the Treasury – well, you mentioned this earlier as we started out uh, the conversation in that um, the U.S. basically – all the other markets feed off the U.S. market, so we're the we're the major player. We we basically run the financial world. So as a result, we make the rules. So we can by raising the debt limit is the amount is a by raising it by two over two billion dollars or two trillion is the amount that we can borrow from other um, from other um, um, uh, uh, other financial markets. And there's there's actually there's a limit. Um, by law that that prohibits us from 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 borrowing like crazy, so we don't end up like countries like Greece and Italy, who are who are struggling, and that's part of the reason why that's in there. Um, one of the other things too to talk, uh, to mention as it relates to the debt ceiling issue is it's very similar, like you said, and you actually alluded to this perfectly well. It's very similar to other people in the sense that every time raising the debt limit is one thing, and it, and it could be great in a short term as it relates to being able to pay our short term bills. Right. But in the long term, and like you said this earlier, S and P had said that they were going to, uh, they considered lowering uh, the credit rating um, of the U.S. Uh, if we do raise the debt ceiling. Now, uh, that basically is very similar to a person who has, you know, decent credit and they've maxed out their credit cards and they go out to get more credit, and they know that. The, their ability to survive comes from being able to get more credit, not from cutting their spending, not from increasing their revenues. Right. Um, and that's very similar to the U.S., what's happening with the U.S. right now. Um, exactly. The, you know, the person has to pay their bills, and they're thinking, shoot, I can't raise any more revenue, and uh, I'm just going to live a lavish lifestyle, and I can't cut my spending, so i got to go out and get more credit. Um, and that's very similar right now to the U.S. And, and and that's breaking it down to the bare level. Listen, I got a, a comment from the chat line. It says, I wish these phonies would start to focus on the trade debt instead of budget debt. We might actually improve something. Comment on this, please. Budget uh, that's, versus trade yeah, that's, debt. That's a very, that's a very good point, um, especially with the trade deficit. And but one of the things – and that goes down to, you know, kind of what I was saying uh, earlier as the, the things that most Americans care about um, are things that hit their pocketbook. Um, right. The trade deficit, that stuff that you and I will talk about, that stuff that I'll see on, you know, CNBC and everything else, but for the most part, it doesn't necessarily incrementally affect the American citizen. Okay. Um, I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying it's, you know, it's a, it's a good or bad thing, but, for example, um, you know, uh, Mabel Smith, who lives in Missouri, is not thinking about the trade deficit. You know, she's right. thinking about if she's six years old, she's thinking about how am I going to get my Social Security check. If she's a regular person looking for a job, she's thinking how am I going to get a job to feed my family and my kids. Right. Um, the, the trade deficit basically is just a, it's an economic measure of um, uh, uh, export versus imports uh, of, of trade. And we're going to see a lot about a lot in the trade deficit because – uh, because if you notice now, we're starting to migrate towards a service-based environment, the service-based industry. Absolutely. Um, you, you know, and you, you're with your books and, and you in media and a lot of the work that you do, it's more on the service side. Even though you sell books, majority, right. you know, it, it's still service because you're, you're selling what's in your mind, your expertise, and your are Absolutely. And, and, and so you do. And the same thing with me. 
I'm on your right. TV and I do all this stuff. It's all about I'm selling my expertise. Absolutely. And so we're no longer working in a factory. We're no longer – we're very rarely working in factories. You see that you see a lot of the, you know, historic um, companies that dealt on manufacturing and actually producing products were struggling because they couldn't compete globally. Right. Um, and, and that's why we that's why we have a, a larger and mounting trade deficit. I know that the trade numbers recently came out, I think, last couple of days ago. I haven't really taken a look at them yet. But I thought um, – that the, the trade deficit had actually decreased a little bit. I could be wrong. But either way, we're going to continue to have that as long as we, we tend to be more of a consumption-focused uh, economy where we want to use goods that come from China that are in our Walmart stores and our Target stores. Right. You, you know, until as Americans we're, we're comfortable saying, you know what, I'm going to pay an extra $10 because I want it to be made in America. We can't afford to do that right now. Right, exactly. We can't. We can't. And and with that with that being said, see, this is the thing that 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 really gets me. Uh, people listening to the show this morning, those who are faithful listeners, you have to understand one thing: we put ourselves in this position. Now think about that for a second. We put ourselves in this position because we want everything now. We want it now. I don't want to wait for it. I want the lowest cost. Well, when you look at going out to a bigger spectrum, when you look at big businesses who are getting hit heavy by the, by, by the government on taxes, then these businesses, these guys started out as small business owners. And I'm telling you as a small business owner, if I'm being taxed to death by my government, I very well may run my business somewhere else. Well, when yeah. you run your business somewhere else, <laughs> um, you're going to take a lot of the revenue that could be made here. You're going to take it and put it in another country because I can make more money there with less overhead. So yep. this is this is a problem that we have. And now we backed ourselves into a corner and we have to come out of it. Now, Abong, you said something very interesting that I've been talking about for months, years, but months on the radio, is big business is dead. Big business is gone. We are not in the industrial revolution. That stuff happened a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> We're in the Internet revolution. And if you as, a, as an individual do not have some wherewithal about business and starting something for yourself, um, listen, you do not want to, and I, and I made this proclamation last week, I will not at 60 years old be standing at Walmart saying, welcome to Walmart. <laughs> not, it is not going to happen. Because I am putting, <laughs> I'm putting things in place now. Uh, listen, we got another caller on the line. Hang on just a second. Okay, hey, call. Sure. Hey, caller, thank you for calling in. What's your message? Uh, yeah, I had a question. This is Corvina, man. Um, I just think that uh, our country is not as broke as um, they're making it out to be. Because uh, I think the politicians, mm-hmm. right, the politicians aren't really concerned. I'm not saying they're not concerned, but they're not as concerned about the debt as they are about not raising taxes, because if you, if the politicians were to devise a plan to close the debt and had it approved by the 
CBO as they normally do, they would most likely have some revenue enhancements or tax increases or something in that, in that budget. But because the Republicans are really more concerned with the issue of stalling the economy and, and hoping the time runs out, it's like the person that has the ball and they're trying to hold the ball until the, the shot clock runs down. They're right. just holding it to the, to the 2012 election to try to keep any progress from happening. And whether it was the debt ceiling now or with the budget, uh, the, you know, the, the, they're trying to cut the budget a couple months ago, they're just stalling and stalling and stalling until the election season when they can turn around and say, look, he hasn't done anything for the last, you know, 24 months. Well, that's because they had the ball and they were trying to hog it for 24 months. They're not huh. trying to close the deficit. They're not trying to to um, to fix any problems. It's a tug of war. They're just trying to stall stall any progress until the next election. Well, uh, Abong, you want to address that? Yeah, uh, you know what? There probably is some truth to that, and I, I wouldn't say every um, from a party perspective. I wouldn't say all the all the politicians are like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if, that, if that's actually true. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. And I think, and we talked about this earlier, FC, when we were talking about appealing to your constituents, because in two years or in four years or six years, um, depending on when you have to run again, you have to go to a town hall meeting and tell your constituents who are primarily made up of your people of your party what exactly you did or what you did to, to stop, you know, uh, massive spending if you're a Republican, or what you did to to to, to do to uh, to increase taxes if you're a, if you're a Democrat. But I think um, I think, and I do think there's some also some validity in what the caller said about. Um, and I mentioned this earlier uh, when I was talking about uh, how some Republicans are saying now increasing taxes are sort of off the table um, because of the unemployment rate increasing, and so it becomes a political play. And you're right. I, I think if we really want to get this done, we can get this done. I mean, there's no, just, I mean, there's no ifs or buts about it. But right, you're, they're playing. We all, and we do this as well in our lives. They're playing a political game. Um, negotiations, all the negotiation books are kind of, the, you know, they say the same thing. You know, you got to give a little, take a little, um, figure out what your compromise level will be, and then move on from there. And I think that's what's happening here. And that's why I say I, there's no way, shape, or form that they're going to default. Um, yeah. I just know that for a fact because as a Republican, you can't go to your constituents and say I'm responsible because they're they're also Repub they're, they're Republicans. Um, don't don't get me wrong. Don't everybody thinks Republicans are rich? They're Republicans who are who aren't making any money <laughs> who are living on Social joke. Security. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and they're on Social Security too. So at the end of the day, they don't give a crap what if it's red or they don't care if it's red or blue. They, all they care about is if it's green. I care so, about my check. Okay, that's it. My exactly. check. Exactly. Caller, exactly. uh, 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 what do you have to say to that? I, I, I don't disagree with that, but I think that after that last election, the Republicans uh, had a, a new form of constituents and leaders, which is a Tea Party. And yep. if, if you listen to any kind of uh, political rhetoric show on you know BTR or or you watch the blogs on the, on, on the internet. They really want the government to shut down. It's not right. like the old days when you had Bob Dole and 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 uh, you know Howard Baker and stuff, and they were going there, and you had people that would sit, sit down and, and find compromise. If people don't want to compromise, their whole fantasy and wish and desire is to shut shut it down completely. They want to shut it down. 
They want to put us back in the Stone Age, (laughs) where we're trading money with bottle caps. You you know what? You know, Carl, you you have a very good point. I mean, I think, and and that's what scares the the population about, about the Tea Party movement. And as much as you know, as much as we saw a wave uh, of losses in the Democrats uh, the last this last election cycle, um, I think it was more frustration more than it was. I, th- I think I really agree with you, um, Tea Party. And, and you will, I think we'll see start some of that leveling out because most people, I think majority of people in America tend to be independent. I, I'm an independent. I tend to be in the middle. You know, I, I'm all basic. Yeah, yeah, most people are. Most small business owners are. Most people can change their minds based on, you know, new facts or evolving and thinking about things differently. And, you know, I, I don't care about a lot of much you know, about you know much about a lot of things. I, you know, I just I'm not, I'm not tied to things as much. You know, I just right. I understand and I just I just make my decisions based on what I see and what I hear. Um, but I think and I think in the Tea Party, I don't think that's a, that's going to be a large movement. I think it's more along the lines of people are like, you know what? I am fed up. This is crap. You guys got to go, and right. this is my only alternative. But um, but now you're starting to see, you know, the kind of rhetoric that's coming out from the Tea Party, like the caller was saying, and that's going to start scaring people if it's not, you know, in the middle or if it's not mainstream like most people are thinking. Right, um, exactly. Nobody wants the government to shut down. If the government shuts down, there's no way that's going to be good for anybody. For anybody, anywhere as, in the world. Yeah, any, exactly, exactly. So I don't, you know, I, we'll, I think we'll have to see the next election cycle, what happens, but I don't see... You know, and, and the caller makes some very good points, very valid points. You know, so I can see where he where he's coming from, and I can totally understand. I, I may even agree with some of it. Right, right. Well, caller, listen, I appreciate you calling. Tell others about Legally Still Show, and uh, look forward to connecting with you again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, looks like we have another caller on the line. Um, well, I guess not. No, we do. Hang on just a second. Caller, how are you doing today? What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, I, I, I guess. Hello? I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, Bill Craighead from Richmond, Virginia. How are you today? I'm fine. And yourself, Bill? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, considering the, 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 the nature of the beast that we live in, we're living with. <laughs> I, I, I was yeah, I, I was just listening to the to the radio to your to your show. I, I, I was just been you know dialing through Blog Talk and I caught up with your show. Okay, and, thank and you. I, and I think it's interesting the times in which we live. Um, I, I had a grandfather. I, just to preface this, I had a grandfather who was uh, uh, um, we were a black family in South Side of Virginia who was a bird Republican back in the fifties. Mm-hmm. My grandfather always said to me, he said, you know, it's not about black and white, it's about the money. Absolutely. The, the, black, and white, <laughs> the black and white is just a distraction so they can pick your pockets and the pockets you're fighting with. <laughs> so, so when you look at it, when you look at what's going on now today in that context, you can understand what's going on here. And when you start yeah. looking at you're looking at our European brothers in Wisconsin, they're starting to wake up. Uh, mm-hmm. When they, Wisconsin started to pick pockets of, of, of the working man, there's going to be a revolution in this country. I'm telling you, next couple of years, um, what what we see in the Arab Spring going over in, in, in Europe and so forth, 
may well happen here. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, if we do not understand that that when they take our tax money and bail out the big cats, and the big cats are always in our pocket, and the last thing I'm going to say is this: Social Security is a, is a special issue for me. I'm 58 years. And my mother told me about Social Security got started back in the 30s as a as a, safe, a social safety net. Mm-hmm. But the problem with this whole scenario is is that Social Security is not broke. Hmm, they, interesting. To this day, that fund is still making money. But the problem is is that the government went in and starts taking the surplus and buying treasury notes. So now huh. the federal can't pay back the money for Social Security. Social Security is not broke. The federal government is broke. So now am I credited to, to the federal government? <laughs> That's the uh-huh. like vicious cycle. Hey, Bob. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. Bill, Bill, you just brought up. That's a very interesting point. Abel, can you address that? Yeah, that's, and I was saying the exact same thing as you were saying it, Bill. I mean, first of all, Bill has a great radio voice. He should be doing radio as well. I mean, yeah, Bill, I, mean, I, I know, was I, some I, years ago. <laughs> oh, you were? Yeah, I could totally. I could, yeah, the voice. I mean, dude, you'd you'd, you'd be breaking in money. But anyways, um, as it relates as it relates to uh, your point, uh, that's a very interesting point. I think the underlying problem and issue with that is, and I, I, I completely agree. I wouldn't be surprised if that was, if that was true. I've, I've, I've sort of heard that in the past, and I, wasn't, I haven't really been sure, but one thing I will say is the federal government and governments as a whole are, are the problem, and this is kind of why I have, I have some adverse reactions to taxes is because the decision-making, it's like, it's like you have a relative who, despite you know, your best efforts, you continue to loan money to, and he continues to invest in, 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 in scams and, and Ponzi schemes and stuff, and he's constantly losing your money. And now he wants more money, in, in this case, in the form of taxes. It's the same thing with the decision makers. I don't think most – I think 95% of Americans are, great, are okay with paying taxes, and they will also pay more taxes if asked to. But if we have someone who's not doing a good job managing the money with taxes, i.e., like this caller just said from a Social right. Security perspective – I don't want to give you more money. It's like throwing good money after bad. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and that's and that's and that's a problem that I I, I have uh, as a small business owner and a small business guy. And most people, I think, most Americans have, despite race, despite you know econ- uh, economic status, and despite the party that they that right. they represent. Wow! Wow! This is this has been an interesting show. Uh, uh, Abong, we are we are we have come down to the wire. Uh, <laughs> and, and sometimes it happens like that uh, when I have very, very interesting guests on who are knowledgeable, knowledgeable about the subject matter. We can come down to the wire on issues because there are some hungry people out there that want to know about what's going on with us, and they have some very interesting concepts and ideas. Listen, I thank you for giving me some of your time this morning and sharing some of your expertise uh, with us here on the show, and I I hope we can have you on again because during the fall year we start on our tax preparation and tax planning shows. Awesome, awesome. thank you, thank Essie, thank you so much. I'm really happy that you reached out to me a couple of days ago and asked me to, to be on your show. This has been a, an, enjoy, an enjoyable and an amazing experience, 
And, you know, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, you know, to speak with your, your, your audience and your listeners. And, again, if you, whenever you invite me, I'd love to be on again because this is so enjoyable of an experience. Sounds like a winner. Listen, I will be in touch with you soon so we can talk over Definitely. some ideas. And okay. uh, thank you for being on the show, and we'll be talking soon. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it, audience. Uh, that's a weekend wrap for us. We are down to the wire. We are done. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, always spread the word. Spread the word about the Legally Steal Show. Uh, we're bringing you information that matters most to Wallet. We're very interested in sharing with you. We're very interested in hearing from you. I thank our callers for today of sharing message with us, and we look forward to touching bases with you again. In seven days, always, always keeping it real, keeping it live for you here and bringing you issues that matter most to your wallet. I'm SC of the Legally Steel Show, and I will catch you next week. Peace.